Hey everyone, welcome to the Thre- Threadcast. This is Ryan Smith. We are have just started a new series. Uh, we're kind of a couple weeks in, but this is my first Threadcast with it. Uh, hopefully we'll go back and do the other ones. Uh, but we are in the midst of introducing a new tool that's going to hopefully be something that is usable by anyone. Um, but the idea is uh, for those that are seeking to have a healthy and balanced life. And whether that's um, with God or maybe you're somebody that struggles with the concept of who God is. Maybe you're just trying to be someone who is better at just being a human being. I think this is still going to be a great tool for you as well. And so we simply call it the triangle. Um, it's not something we invented per se. Uh, a guy named Breen put it out there first that I know of, but we've kind of adapted it to our our uh, atmosphere, our theories, um, kind of what we do as a church, as a group of people. And so um, we want to introduce it to you, but we put... I don't know if you can hear my son in the background. He's playing, uh, <laughs> he's playing the Xbox. It's his birthday, so we get to play extra late tonight. So um, if you hear screaming in the background, that is him having a good time with his buds. But this triangle, uh, we put this Hebrew word here in the middle of the triangle, and it's simply the word this, zay. Um, but it's a demonstrative pronoun. And when theologians would see this word, and when they translate this word, um, what they would intentionally do is they would use this word as a descriptive word for something that is that is near, something that is concrete, something that is that is not abstract anymore, but something that you can actually do, taste, taste, touch, feel, that kind of thing. And so we put the word zay in here because we think this triangle is a way for you to talk about the spiritual world, but do it in some way, some way that's concrete, somewhere that's abstract, something abstract, but something that is something you can do that's actionable. Um, and so um, what we talked about is there's three areas of everyone's life, three areas of everyone's life, whether you are Christ or not, that is um, that you should that everybody has in their life, right? Um, the idea of self, tribe, and world, and, and the concept of self, um, it's this idea. It's a healthy awareness of the inputs, rhythms which shape you and use your time. They are considered alongside the concept of direction in your dreams, visions, goals, and hopes, and whether the direction you want to be going is reflected in the inputs and rhythms you engage in. Um, So we see establishing a rhythm which includes silence and presence as well as incorporating the other elements of the triangle as key to this. Then we got tribe, and this is your community, the people you spend time with, trust, and to some extent rely upon. This can be a mixture of family, friends, colleagues, or a faith or other group that you are invested in. Uh, that offers insight, provides accountability, and being in a relationship is key to feeling a connection. And it is with these people that some of the most life-giving conversation and learning takes place. And then finally, the area of world. This is where you can give of yourself. We, we value welcome of others, strive for justice, care for the environment, and look to learn from and understand other cultures. This can be lived out through paid work and or voluntary work, as well as in everyday life choices. So the idea is that um, what we're going to ask people to do is kind of take control of their own spiritual life, kind of say, say, hey, which of these three areas do you need to work on? Which of these three areas um, are you going to struggle with? And um, the idea is that once you pick one, then we've also got four other words that we have that go with each of them that you can focus on. So in this series right now, we are talking about self. And we have already spent time um, talking about direction. And so today we're talking about input and the inputs that go into our world. And so I want to kind of start off with a few stories. Um, first off, um, the, the, I want to say that the concept of input is like not something like rocket science. It's like not something new. 
but it is something that we all need to be reminded about, something that we all need to address, reevaluate in our lives, the inputs that we have. And so, um, and here's one of the reasons why. When I was in junior high, I shared this story earlier today with some of our, our people. Um, when I was in junior high, um, seventh, eighth grade, I don't know exactly what grade it was. Um, I hung around with a bunch of guys and we were, we played sports together. You know, we told jokes together. You know, we were the typical junior high guys. And, um, one of the things that we did a lot, um, to show love, to show anger, kind of just a, it's kind of a universal thing we did is that we, we flipped each other off. We, uh, we gave the bird, right? And that was just kind of a mutual response, whether you want to show love or whether you want to show you're angry, you just kind of flipped in the bird. It was just something that was done, um, because, you know, we were junior high, so we were rebellion, rebellious kind of kids or whatever it was, but something I did a lot, um, to say, uh, there was one day that I was went over to my cousin's house and was hanging out over there for the day, and we decided to ride bikes, and we were riding bikes in the neighborhood, and it was close to the time my dad was going to come pick me up, and he, he so we're out in the, in the neighborhood riding, and he drives by on his way to my cousin's house to pick me up, and I see him, and so without hesitation, I, I go to, to, to take my hand off of the bike and to wave at him to say hi but as i raise my hand quickly and try to keep the balance on the bike i go to wave but instead of waving i flip him off <laughs> um my my muscle memory with my hand was so used to giving someone the bird that when i even went to go to say hi to somebody I flipped him off and said, gave him the bird <laughs> um i didn't get in too much trouble for that i don't think um but it was, it was a really good life lesson, this idea that that what I had done so much, so often, what I had put input into my life, my hand, without even thinking, it it did its own thing, right? Um, another thing I thought about uh, in this concept of input is one of the great science experiments we did in, in early elementary was, you know, you get one of those flowers, you know, it's, whether it's usually a white flower. And then you put it in water, and then you put uh, food coloring in the in the water. And so, you know, we'd put blue food coloring in the water with a white flower, and the tips of the white flower started to turn blue. And so we had fun with that. We put in different colored flowers. We put in celery and all this other stuff and see what it would look like after it changed. But the, the idea is simple, right? The things that go into it is what comes out, is what changes the DNA of it. Um, this isn't something uh, This isn't something new, right? Um, we get, uh, Jesus says, uh, he says in Matthew seven fifteen through 20, watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. So the idea is that what is coming out on the outside, the only thing that comes out on the outside is what is on the inside. And Jesus says, hey, if there's these these uh, false prophets, these people that are, you know, you don't have to worry. You're going to know who they are by what you see on the outside because what comes out is what is in. And so, again, it's, it's a very simple concept, right? The, the, the concept we get of what it means um, to have input um, and how important that is. As a matter of fact, somebody that's um, 
uh, a pretty successful entrepreneur, a guy maybe you know of uh, Jeff Bezos, right, the founder of Amazon. Um, he's notorious for not running the company on output and metrics like revenue and profit profitability, but instead he focuses on things that are more input. Um, kind of interesting. He wrote in a letter uh, to uh, his people in I think this is from 2000, it's a while back. But it's interesting. He says he says a, re- a review of our current goals reveals some interesting statistics. 360 of the 450 goals we have we will have a direct impact on customer experience. The word revenue is used eight times and free cash flow is used only four times. In the 452 goals, the term net income, gross profit or margin, and operating profit are not used once. Taken as a whole, the set of goals is indicative of our, of our fundamental approach. Start with customers and work backwards. Listen to customers, but don't just listen to customers. Also invent, invent on their behalf. We can't, assure, we can't assure you that we'll meet all of this year's goals. We haven't in past years. However, we can assure you that we will continue to obsess over customers. We have strong conviction that that approach in the long term is every bit as good for owners as it is for customers. And so what's so powerful about that is that Bezos recognized the idea that, that the output metrics, um, the things that a lot of people go by, they're, they're not what produce what we really want. We, we start with something else. So there's this idea of setting input goals. Um, they help you understand the levers that drive your output, right? Your, 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 um, your values, your, your, your motives, the things that, that drive who you are is that if you look at those inputs, and if they match your values, then your output is going to be what you're expecting. It doesn't work the other way around. Something that he talks about this idea is that inputs are controllable and actionable, and outputs are not. And I presented that to our group this morning in our Sunday gathering, and there's a little bit of pushback, right? There's this idea that we can't control all of the inputs, right? There's things out that's on the news, things that are out there. We can't control everything our friends do. Um, and, and I get that, but there is still something, this idea that, that we can control, um, you know, the things we can control, we should be able to choose intentionally what they are, right? Uh, a Netflix movie that I love to watch is a documentary and it was called, um, uh, Yiro Dreams of Sushi. And it's about this great sushi chef, one of the best in the world. Um, and I think at the time he was like 80, 90, I don't know, 200 years old, <laughs> super old. But they showed just the process that he goes through to make sushi. But one thing he did every day is that he himself would go down to the fishing jo- docks and he would pay extra um, to all the fishermen and find the best fish, right? Because um, he knew that that was what makes the best ingredients. You know, and that's the same with, if you watch any of the uh, documentaries on any of the, the chefs, celebrity chefs, any of that kind of stuff, they know the idea that that what you put into it is what you get out of it. If you use the best ingredients, you're going to have the potential for the best foods. And um, that your outcomes depends on on your inputs, you know, and this goes all the way back to even Isaac Newton in the fourth grade science class, you know, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. And so there is this concept, this idea that we can choose the inputs that we do get to choose on, that we should be choosing what is best in our world, that we should be looking at what inputs are going into our lives and then choosing the best ingredients. So you think of your life 
as a bake as a banquet, right? And what kind of ingredients are you cooking with? Um, now, this principle isn't limited to fine dining, though I'm always uh, keen for some fine dining. But people who write computer code have an expression: garbage in, garbage out. In other words, if you write bad code, you'll get bad results. So, the challenge today is: what are your inputs? What Um, Do you take in on a regular basis that affects yourself? Does it reflect the outputs and results that manifest in your life? Is is what you're wanting to become, what you're wanting to be, who you're wanting to be, do your inputs reflect that? And so let's talk about just a few areas um, of where you could be looking at your inputs. And let's start with um, just kind of your – start – with your belly, you know, let's start at that gut level and literally your belly. Um, what do you put in your mouth? Fast food, soda, cigarettes, alcohol, or do you turn around, turn toward like whole foods and water, right? And I'm not talking about like a cheat meal or an item. I mean, consistently on a regular basis, what outputs do you see? Are, are you sluggish? Is there gastric distress? You know, all that, all that kind of stuff. Or is there meal prep or clean running? All that kind of fun stuff, right? This idea that we recognize that we're called to love God with our heart, mind, soul, and body. And what we've done a lot of times is we've kind of compartmentalized different parts of who we are. That if I'm wanting to be spiritually better, that what I eat or what I put into my belly or into my body um, doesn't matter. And I think that we see in scripture that he's going to offer something else. So challenge your inputs of even into your belly, you know, are, are important things, important conversations that you can have with yourself. Um, well, what about body? What inputs do you subject your body to? You know, is there an entire day of sitting in chairs or lying on sofas or do your days revolve around, uh, you know, a great quantity of standing, walking and exercise? You know, and then what outcomes do you deserve? Um, a body that's falling apart or a well-oiled and attractive, productive machine. You know, what, what's, what is it that your body is doing and, and what are the outputs you're seeing there? Then let's talk about mind. Um, we live in an attention economy with millions of stimuli fighting for our attention, right? And which one gets it? Netflix shows, TikTok feeds, books, lectures, courses, or meditation. You know, what outputs do you observe? Um, do you find yourself kind of a gradual dulling of your motivation and a compulsive need for stimulation? Or do you, are you, do you have mental agility, the ability to solve problems and the ability to find peace and silence, right? And so the things that you allow into your mind, we, we again, we, we talked about the idea that that can be TV shows, books, um, uh, even podcasts, whatever it might be. What is it that's affecting your mind and how's that going? You know, do you, do you like what you see? Is your output from your mind good or does something need to change? Another input area that we need to look at is work. You know, what inputs go into your professional life? Um, is your day peppered with distractions and interruptions, emails, phone calls, direct messages, impromptu meetings or chatty, you know, colleagues? Um, the urgent always crowding out the important. Is your time consumed by low-level tasks, or do you delegate and ruthlessly eliminate the unimportant? You know, and this is where you can talk about the 80-20 rule and blocking yourself from, from distractions so you can focus and go deep into work. You know, what outputs are emerging? Um, you know, or do you have a whole week spinning your wheels or leaps forward in productivity and income? I mean, what is it? You know, what about your work life um, can you look at? What inputs are going in there, and what outcomes do you see? Um, and the final area that I want to challenge you in, in inputs is your relationships. 
And you may have heard the old cliche that you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So simply is, who do you spend the most time with? Legacy friends and family members who don't have the outcomes you want? Uh, People who settle for good enough and complain about how the world is against them? Or do you associate with a crew of dynamic, successful go-getters who encourage you to take risks and excel? Or people who get you to think deeper or or look at things in a way that go with your uh, ambitions or your values, right? Um, And you simply ask, what what outcomes do you observe? Um, Do you have a safe social circle um, that's stuck in neutral? Or is there a rising tide that lifts all the boats, right? Is there something in your relationships that's causing you to be something greater? And so um, I simply want to challenge you um, to be thinking about your inputs and, and how, how, what outcomes are you seeing, right? If you're seeing outcomes in some certain area of your life, um, begin to ask yourself, is it, do I like where that is? And if not, what are the inputs that, it's, that are affecting that area, either whether it's your belly, your body, your mind, your work, or relationships? And then begin to adjust those inputs. Begin to just start off picking one at a time and start adding to those. And, and I want to show you that, that I think the greatest input um, in this comes from a, from a saying that Jesus had. Um, it's from John 15. And it's a very great, and we'll come back to this actually when we start talking about rhythm in ourselves. We'll come back to this verse. But I want you to see this. It says, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me, And I and you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And I want to challenge you with that idea. I want to challenge you with the idea that as you look at your inputs, that you challenge yourself to think about this passage. And what does it mean to include Jesus in your belly, in your body, in your mind? in your work, in your relationship? What does it mean for him to be a part of who you are? I know some of you aren't there yet, right? You're not ready to have that Jesus conversation. And I get it, and that's okay. Um, Maybe you need to seek just something, a higher power, a divine that's greater than you are, um, that that you might be able to to stay in or to see in. But for those of you um, who do follow Jesus, how do your inputs reflect his presence? What needs to change because of that? I hope that gives you something to think about. I hope um, you have um, some great thoughts on the inputs in your life. If you need to talk further about it, I know I or, or uh, Sarah or the Bridges would love to sit down and share with you some more. Um, if you're a part of Common Thread, we're going to be talking with you more about uh, how you're working the triangle. And if you're hearing this for the first time, not necessarily part of Common Thread, but you would like to learn more about the triangle and how to work the triangle, how to apply it in your life, um, we'd love to share with you more. You don't have to be a member of Common Thread. You don't have to join the club, get the tattoo, or or learn the secret handshake. Um, This is just something we want to put out there in the world and hopefully help people become more healthy and balanced in their lives. I hope uh, you have an incredible week and... um, 
I hope that you have the power to look at your inputs and the courage to change the ones you need to change. Have a great week. Grace and peace.